premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired and preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, welcome to this special Father's Day episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open and study the Word of God. And my prayer for you today is that wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform you're listening to this on, you find yourself in the grace and the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And before we get into the Bible study this morning, please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and why don't you go over to our contact section and send us a message. Just let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, and especially prayer requests. I would love to hear from you folks. Uh, if you don't like to use those web forms, hey, look, that's fine. I don't like them either. Uh, so you can email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and I'll be sure to get back to you as soon as I possibly can. And folks, while you're on the website, look for the Support This Podcast button. And if the Lord leads you to do so, would you please consider supporting this ministry? We have it set for $0.99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, and $9.99 a month. And I'm not really good at asking for money. I'm not good at asking for support. So all I'm going to say is that if you want to help support the ministry in getting out the gospel, helping us to expand and keep the lights on and the servers running and the platforms happy, uh, would you please consider a monthly contribution, and I'll thank you for it. Uh, I'd also like to say thank you to all of our current supporters, uh, those who support us financially, those who support us prayerfully, and of course to all of our listeners, thank you so much for being a part of this ministry. Uh, without you, no one would be listening. So, um, so again, thank you so much. Now, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good, solid King James Bible believing and Bible teaching and preaching church, uh, why don't you pay us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information on the church, why don't you visit the church's Facebook page. Just uh, go to Facebook and search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And when you, when you get over there, like the page. You'll also find episodes of this podcast and lots of other helpful information that's on there. Um, and uh, I also would like to say thank you to our pastor for allowing me to post these uh, podcasts on the church's Facebook page. So, Pastor, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, you can also find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon Music. So wherever you're listening, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, your followers, and help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so just a couple of quick announcements. Um, so today is Father's Day. We're doing this uh, special Father's Day episode of the podcast. Uh, but that does not mean that we will not be having our regular Bible study tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Central Time. So don't forget to, uh, to tune into that as well. And uh, also on June 26th, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you'd like to attend church, I will be preaching the uh, evening service at First Baptist Church at 6 p.m. And again, you can just go to our Facebook page, the church's Facebook page, and you can find out all the information on that there. 
Um, as usual, we have a prayer request, a prayer list that we'd like to go over. And uh, on this one, we just continue to pray for Adam uh, and for Bernice, members of our church. Bernice, as you know, has health problems with cancer and is undergoing treatments. And Adam is her husband. And so we want to pray for them. Uh, we also want to pray for Pastor Martin for his health. Uh, pastor Martin is a is a, in, uh, a pastor back in Ohio. He's my pastor's pastor. And uh, he's dealing with some health issues as well. So we want to keep him in prayer. Uh, we want to pray for my mom for her health. My mom is uh, 76 years old and she is uh, possibly struggling with cancer again. Uh, so we're waiting for some test results on that. So I want to pray for her health. And more importantly, I want to pray for her salvation. She's not saved. I um, also want to pray for my sister, uh, my sister Laura. She is uh, she's not saved as well, so we're going to pray for her salvation. And we want to pray for her as she takes care of our mom. And uh, she carries a lot of this weight on her on her own, so we're going to pray for her as well. I also want to pray for my granddaughter uh, for her salvation. I want to pray for my daughter for her health. My, my daughter's pregnant again, just found out, and uh, so I'm going to be a granddad again. So I want to pray for her, and I want to pray for my uh, my unborn grandchild as well. And we want to pray for my, my daughter's husband, Dominic. Uh, we also want to pray for uh, my friend David back in New York for his salvation. We want to pray for my in-laws for their salvation. And uh, that should just about wrap up what I have on my list right here. So again, folks, if you want to get on our prayer list, please just uh, shoot us an email, let us know, and we'll happily add you to the prayer list. And so, Lord, we want to, we want to ask you this morning, uh, as uh, we come to you in prayer, Father God, we thank you so much for the ability and the and the wonderful privilege to call you our Father. And Lord, we just lift up these folks to you on our prayer list today. Lord, we ask you to meet each one of their needs. Lord, for those seeking salvation or needing salvation, Lord, we pray that you would provide that for them, that opportunity to come to Jesus Christ. And Father, for those that have health concerns and health issues, we pray for them as well, that your hand would be upon them and that you would bring them through whatever it is that is ailing them. And Father, we also want to pray for those unspoken prayer requests, those matters that weigh heavily on our hearts. And Lord, we pray that uh, that you know what those requests are, you know what those needs are, and that in your perfect will, you would respond to those things. And Father, we just want to commit today to you, and we're, thank you, we're thankful for all those fathers that are out there that are listening. And Lord, we pray that uh, today would be a special blessing for them. And Father, we thank you, and we commit all these things to you through the precious name of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So again, like I said, this is a, a special Father's Day episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we're going to be getting into the message very shortly. Uh, so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break here, uh, and while we're on that break, go get your King James Bible, go grab yourself a cup of coffee, a bottle of water, whatever it is that you, you'd like to drink uh, while we're doing our studies. Hopefully it's not alcohol. And uh, when we come back, we'll be getting into today's, today's message, Fellowship with the Father. Uh, but don't forget, we're also going to have our regular Bible study tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Central Time, so don't forget to tune into that. All right, so go grab your Bible, grab that coffee, grab that water, and we will be right back after this. Don't go away. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy. Its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, 
and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Hey folks, welcome back to this Father's Day episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, And uh, one of the things that I had forgotten to mention before we went on that last break was that uh, that would be the last break and the only break for this particular episode of the podcast. Um, we're going to get right into the message here on Fellowship with the Father, and we're just going to work our way through it. So uh, I hope you're ready to sit and listen to me drone on for about 40 to 45 minutes, you know, but uh, just think of it like, like when you were in Sunday school, if you went to Sunday school, which I hope you went to Sunday school. And, uh, you know, speaking of Sunday school, you know, there was a little girl that was talking to her teacher about whales and the, the teacher said that it was physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human because even though it was an exceptionally large mammal, which it is, its throat was very small. And the little girl remembering what she learned in Sunday school replied that, you know, Jonah was swallowed by a whale. Well, irritated, the teacher you know, reiterated that and forcefully reiterated that the whale could not swallow a human being. It was physically impossible. So the little girl said, well, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah. The teacher smirked and chuckled and said, well, what if Jonah went to hell? The little girl paused and she thought for a moment and then she replied. She says, well, then you can ask him. <laughs> All right, I just wanted to share that. That was great. Uh, I, I got a laugh out of that. I hope you did too. Uh, take your Bible and go to First John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to get into this message, Fellowship with the Father, on this Father's Day Sunday on the Sword of the Spirit podcast. 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, the word of life. Now, before we go any further, you know, there are some theologians that have tried to debate over who wrote 1 John. It's, to me, it's no secret, and it shouldn't be to you either. The same author who wrote First John wrote John. I mean, you can see the similarities already. John starts with, the Gospel of John starts with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 tells us about that Word being made flesh, right? Well, let's pick up in verse 2. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. And these things we write unto we write un, and these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. 
If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, our precious Father, once again, we ask you, by your benevolent graces and mercies, if you would shine upon us with mercy and favor of light and revelation from your holy word. Give us discernment and understanding, and God, I pray that you would increase in us a hunger, a hunger for fellowship with you, for it is in the name of Jesus Christ, our precious Savior, that we pray. Amen. Now, Father's Day. Father's Day will initiate millions of phone calls and cards, all to express some sense of appreciation to individual fathers, right? And unfortunately, though, some of it, some of it will be feigned, and some of it will be sincere. Uh, some will express a genuine desire for continued and future fellowship, and others will be just, you know, satisfied with the passing of a few pleasantries. Yeah, that's just the way it is. But so it is with God. Someone occasionally walks onto the stage of life that has a deep yearning to fellowship with the Father, but really most are just content to send off one of those uh, religious hallmarks to heaven and consider that to be sufficient. True fellowship is, by nature, based on a commonality and mutual interests. You know, it's hard to fellowship with people who only want to talk about themselves. Amen? It's hard to fellowship with people who uh, who only gripe and complain. Right? I mean, did you ever notice that? Or, or, or folks that never express any appreciation for anything. It's hard to fellowship with folks when it's all gloom and doom and agony and despair. I mean, who wants to be around that? Unless you're of the same bent, you really want to be having any kind of fellowship with that, right? You know, someone once said, well, you know, my fellowship with the Father seems kind of shallow. Well, my response to that would be, well, what do you talk about? What did you talk about when you fellowshiped with the Father? Now, our text in verse 3 says this, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, if you're going to have fellowship with someone, it's usually a give-and-take deal. You know, you tell your story, they tell their story, they lend to the conversation, you lend to the conversation, so on and so forth. All of us have experienced in visiting or in conversation with someone where, 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 where you can tell that they really weren't listening and, and, and all they were doing was generating their next conversation. We've all seen that. Uh, see, see, the thing is, that ceases to be real fellowship after a while. So let me ask you a question. Who has the right to set the agenda for the conversation? Would it be us or would it be God? Well, it would be God. That's who has the right to set the, the agenda. But you see, the problem is that we want to set it. You know, we want to say, now, Lord, I've got some things I want to tell you or ask of you or request of you. You know, and the Lord just says, you know, why don't you at least once in a while let me set the agenda for the conversation? Well, that's a brand new thought, isn't it? Fellowship with the Father. Well, I thought that on Father's Day, it would be good to talk about ultimate fellowship. You know, I, I guess I consider myself extremely fortunate in that I had a good father. I enjoyed fellowship with my earthly father. He's been gone almost two years now, and every day, every day, I miss the opportunity of picking up the phone and talking with him. You know, when I lived back in New York, I, enjoy, I enjoyed dropping by the house and saying hello and 
having a cup of coffee in his in his backyard garden that he loved uh and 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 loved to spend time with him you know i miss being able to get his advice and his opinions on things and and glean some of his earthly wisdom you know i i'd been i've been dealing with some things in the last couple of weeks that i would love to be able to sit down and talk to my dad and find out his thoughts on it i would love to do that you know um my dad had good earthly wisdom he didn't have much spiritual wisdom though because he didn't get saved until just a few days before he died but you know something thank god thank god that he got saved you know my dad didn't have an easy life growing up he started working before he was 16 years old he often worked two jobs days and nights he drove car service he drove yellow cabs and then he worked for the US post office until he had to retire for his health you know my dad wasn't the kind of man that was going to sit around all day and tell me that he loved me you know he it just wasn't the kind of man that he was i mean he got a little softer later in his life but you know somehow even though i didn't get that i love you three times a day somehow i amazingly knew that he did i understood that i just instinctively knew that and my dad cared for me as much as he cared for my sister and we just knew that you know he could be rough he could be coarse he could be a little crude at times but we knew that he loved us i miss fellowship with him and honestly i really do feel sorry for folks that never had any real chance of fellowship with their earthly father i do and maybe that's some of you that are listening today and if it is i've got news for you there's a better relationship available a far better one available it's a fellowship with your heavenly father now how does that start well obviously any relationship has to have a beginning right it has to start somewhere where's the genesis of that fellowship with the father well we've already read it in our text but we'll take another look at it look at verse 6 look at verse 6 first john chapter 1 and verse 6 if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Fellowship with your heavenly father begins with cleansing. Cleansing. It's impossible to fellowship with someone who is so dirty and so smelly that you can't stand to stay in the same room with him. Right? I mean, that's pretty difficult. That's like saying, I'm going to have fellowship with the neighborhood skunk. Right? It just doesn't really work out that way. It doesn't work out for good either. So you say, what's the point? Well, the point is this. When God looks down upon us, dressed in our rags of sin, and Isaiah, Isaiah says all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and, and he looks upon us, you know, we present such a stench, such an odor, and such an offensive smell to the nostrils of God that there's no basis for fellowship. So God says step one is to clean you up. But what's the cleansing agent? Well, I think our text is pretty clear. Our text says, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Now, that brings us into a union. It brings us into a family, into a relationship that, that now we can genuinely initiate real fellowship with the Father. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details of my testimony, you know, but here's, here's the gist of it. I was saved in July of 2000. In the time leading up to the day I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, I was searching. I was reading my Bible. 
I was reading everything that I could get my hands on. I was listening to Christian radio. I was listening to preaching. I was debating with saved people. I was searching and I was learning. But I didn't have fellowship. I didn't have that relationship with my Heavenly Father because I wasn't clean. I hadn't been washed by the blood of the Lamb. The night that I knelt on a pier in New York City and asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save me, I was washed clean by the blood. The Holy Spirit moved in, and I was adopted into the family of God. I was able to look up into heaven and cry, Abba, Father. Now, I don't know if you've ever studied the doctrine of adoption, but let me tell you something that I've learned about adoption. According to the law, if you have a biological child, you can disown him. And believe me, I am sure that, I th- that, that that thought has crossed my mom and dad's mind on more than one occasion. And I'm sure it has. And I'm sure it happened for you too. But according to the law, you cannot disown an adopted child. Think about that. Isn't that an amazing deal? Have you ever studied the doctrine of adoption? Do you know what happened to me when I got saved? God adopted me into his family. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. So the beginning of fellowship with the Father is cleansing. It's cleansing. And the cleansing is accomplished by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you receive that by faith. You trust him, and you ask him for forgiveness. When I was saved, I didn't ask the church for forgiveness. And I didn't ask the church for forgiveness because the church doesn't offer it. I didn't ask the preacher for forgiveness because the preacher couldn't give it. I asked the Lord Jesus Christ because it was his blood that was shed. It's such a, it really is an exciting thing when you see people born into the kingdom of God. So fellowship with the Father is begun by cleansing. Now fellowship with the Father is by necessity also fellowship with Jesus Christ. If you're going to fellowship with the Father... You're going to fellowship with the son for he's always invited into the room because he made the cleansing possible. Does that make sense? Look with me over at first Corinthians chapter one, first Corinthians chapter one, first Corinthians chapter one. And let's look at verse number three. Well, let's look at verse one. Grace be unto you and peace from God, our father, And from the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given to you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm unto you the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, whenever the Lord says, come and fellowship with me as the Father, he also invites the Son to the room. When my wife and I went up to New York for my dad's funeral, we were sitting off to the side of the room, just kind of watching the folks come in and out. And uh, I tried the best as I could to point out friends, you know, from the family from years ago. But, you know, my wife will tell you, as I'm getting older here, my memory is becoming more like Swiss cheese, you know. Um, so my sister, anyway, my sister comes over with, with a young lady, and she asked me if I knew who she was. And I honestly tried to put it together, but I was stumped. I was absolutely stumped. So my sister says, Joe, it's Jennifer, with her, and she gave me her last name. 
Well, that opened up a floodgate of memories from the old neighborhood. You know, I turned to my wife and I said, you know, I used to torment her. I used to torment her and her sister Nancy, you know, and, and from there we kind of stood just, just laughing over all the stories and talking about what happened to this one and what happened to that one and the old neighborhood and the old gang, you know, just, just kind of tripping down memory lane. Now, it had been 30 years since we'd seen each other. The fellowship was not difficult. It wasn't strained. It wasn't like we had to sit there and think about things to say. It all just came flowing right out. We started talking about all the people that we knew all those years ago. Well, in the middle of one of our conversations, another familiar face came over, and it was another mutual friend of ours that neither of us had spoken to in a very long while. And I thought, man, you've got to be kidding. So we fellowshiped with him for a while. Now, when you fellowship with the Father, Jesus Christ is invited into the room. You're going to be fellowshipping with him also. Well, there must be something to this fellowship thing. Now, some of you perhaps may have missed out on the greatest and grandest fellowship as far as with your earthly father. But you don't have to miss out on an even grander fellowship with your heavenly father. Now, that fellowship gets expanded to others who agree and have benefited. Now, look, look over with me in Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. You're fellowshipping with the Father, and pretty soon you're going to find out that that circle just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, it's kind of like when you throw a rock into a pond and you watch the rings expand. It just keeps going and going and going. You see, the Father has a lot of friends. The Father knows a lot of folks. Now, in, first, in Philippians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 1, Let's look at verse 5. The Apostle Paul says, For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So it's what, what he's indicating here is that there's a certain commonality. There was a certain union of thinking that was all built around the gospel. And the gospel is defined in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 as the story of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now let's pick it up in... Uh, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12. But I would that you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Without fear. So as he fellowshiped with the Father... He fellowshiped with these saints at Philippi and it was a source of encouragement to others not to act under the umbrella of fear, but to express a certain boldness for the gospel. The righteous are as bold as a lion, Proverbs says. Amen? Amen. So there's another arena of fellowship that I particularly enjoy with the Father. Uh, I enjoy the fellowship around the mysteries. The mysteries. Now, uh, I was flipping channels on the television the other night and I passed by a channel that played old TV shows. Okay, I don't know why I stopped. Maybe it was just the Lord stopping me so I could use this as an illustration. But I stopped on one of those old detective shows. Now, how many of you listening remember a show called Columbo? That's an old, old show. Columbo didn't carry a gun, but he's a, de he a detective. He acted like this, uh, this fumbling idiot who was kind of couched in a great deal of guile while solving the crime. It was, it was fascinating to watch how step by step he unfolded the pages of the mystery that was before him until it became evident who the perpetrator of the crime was. Mystery. You know, mystery is fascinating. It really is. And I want you to take your Bible now and turn to Ephesians. Ephesians. You're in Philippians. 
So uh, Ephesians is just one book back, and so you'll be right there. Ephesians chapter three. Ephesians chapter three and verse nine. Ephesians chapter three, verse nine, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery from which the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now the particular mystery that's being discussed here is the is what we call dispensationalism. Dispensationalism. That's what Paul is discussing is discussing. He said, you know, God did things a certain way in the Old Testament, but as we've progressed into the New Testament, he's revealed a lot of light on things that formerly people didn't know or understand. So, in other words, he's saying he's saying he's unfolded a mystery. That which used to be mysterious is no longer a secret. And God has illustrated these things to us. You know, it's wonderful. It really is wonderful to be able to read your Bible and fellowship with the Father as he shows you these tremendous mysteries and how, and how they're coming to pass exactly as he, as he said they would. In the verse, just as an illustration, he talks about the mystery of creation. All right? There's a lot about creation that I don't understand, and truthfully. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't call it a mystery to me. You know, it's a mystery to the poor evolutionist, maybe, but not a mystery to me not a mystery to us. God said it, that settles it, right? You know, a guy had a bumper sticker one time that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, another guy came along, he made a bumper sticker that said, God said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. So I have no problem understanding the mystery of creation. I just read my Bible and there it is. It's pretty simple to me. In fact, it would be far more difficult for me to believe any other theory. I just accept the facts. However, there, there, are, there are many mysteries in the New Testament that you could fellowship with the Father as he reveals the mystery to you. Over the years, my relationship with my father matured. And uh, as it did, he started to talk to me more about some of the th- more serious things in life and, and in his life. And he started to talk to me about some of those, you know, those, those family secrets that are always so closely guarded in any family. It helped me to understand a lot more and it helped me to kind of connect the dots and explain some things that I observed over my life. For example, I didn't know that my grandmother, my father's mother, went through her entire life not knowing how to read or write. And then I also learned the sad and the heartbreaking story behind why that was so. You know, I got in on a family secret. It wasn't a good one, but I finally understood it. You know, the Lord, as your Heavenly Father, wants to let you in on all the family secrets, good and bad. He'll tell you all about these things. He tells you about them in His Word. And all we have to do is just read them and understand them. There's there's the mystery of spiritual union in Ephesians chapter 5, and that's talking about marriage. When I was uh, serving as an AP back in New York, uh, a friend of mine came to me and told me he was going to propose to his girlfriend and asked me if I could marry them. Neither one of them were saved. Neither one of them wanted to get saved. So I told them that I'd marry them, but my fee would be $5,000. Right. It's kind of like the lady that called the Baptist preacher and she said, you know, my dog just died. Would you conduct a funeral for him? Well, man, he went off like a rocket ship. He said, lady, the Bible clearly says the spirit of the beast goeth downward. We don't conduct funerals for dogs. She said, well, I'm sorry. I just feel like this dog was such a loyal companion through the years that he deserves a funeral. Can you recommend someone that might? Well, he kind of snickered and said, well, why don't you try the Methodists down the street? I believe they would. She said, all right, I'll call him. And by the way, do you think $500 would be an appropriate fee to pay him? And he said, lady, why don't you tell me it was a Baptist dog? <laughs> you know, um, money. Uh, in truth, though, I wouldn't have any fees for weddings or funerals ever. Uh, but I told him, but I did tell him that, that marriage is a three-legged stool. 
it's physical, it's emotional, and it's spiritual. And there has to be a spiritual connection, a spiritual relationship for it to be what God wants it to be. The Bible is talking about our relationship with Jesus Christ and our marriage relationship. A good Bible-based marriage is simply a mirror or a picture of our union with Jesus Christ. He said, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Jesus Christ. It's a mystery. And you'll only figure out the thing by studying this Bible. Now, I know there was a guy who wrote a book a few years ago about women are from Venus, men are from Mars, and something like that. But did you know that there was a scientist back in the 1980s that won a Nobel Prize for determining that baby boys, when they're in the womb, sometime between the 16th and the 26th week of gestation, the caring side of their brain quits developing. And this guy got a Nobel Prize for figuring that out. He said that the side of the brain that's compassionate and cares and, and, and all that doesn't develop nearly at the rate of a girl baby. And I, and I suppose that's true. I mean, think about it. You know, Junior falls down the driveway, skins his knee. What does Daddy say? Daddy says, you'll be all right. Get up, walk it off. Mom picks him up. She kisses the little boo-boo and says, it'll be all right, little honey. Mwah, 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 right? Right? It's, it's, it's just a difference between men and women. We're wired different. God made us different. And aren't you glad for that? I certainly am. But you see, no book in the world explains it like that Bible. The Word of God helps you understand those differences and helps you find compatibility within the rank of the differences. That Bible explains things that no Nobel Prize winner could ever possibly explain without the wonder, about that wonderful union of marriage. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. The Bible calls the rapture a mystery in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one. Do you know who let me in on the secret? And really allowed me to assess it and to, to assimilate it and to understand it and to wait for it with rejoicing? The Father. Fellowshipping with the Father brought me into the glorious secret that there's coming a time when God is going to blow a trumpet and God's going to give a shout over the banister of heaven and they that know the Lord are going to be caught up together to meet him in the air. The world doesn't understand that. They couldn't possibly understand that. And when it's explained to them, they laugh at it and they ridicule it and they say it's the most ridiculous thing they've ever heard. Yet in spite of that, they try to make preparations for it in the explanation world. You know what they're saying? They're saying things like, you know, the Mayan calendar said that on December 12, 21st, 2012, the rotation of the earth is going to reverse. And, you know, now, of course, we don't believe that. <laughs> it obviously didn't happen. But after all, the Mayans were incredibly intelligent people. I mean, look at the pyramids they built. Right? Look at, look at their scientific knowledge of the stars and the skies, just astronomical calculations. Yeah, they were intelligent. They sacrificed their babies to their gods. That's how smart they were. Then we have the mystery of iniquity in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And you know what that is? That's a discussion of the Antichrist in, this, in that chapter. What the Lord does is tell you, that, tell you the whole personality, Advent, popularity, acceptance is of a world political figure known as the Antichrist. He explains it and he gives it, gives it to us in pretty good detail. Now, if you study your whole Bible, God gives you all kinds of examples. God gives you 18 types of the Antichrist in your Bible. 18. If you know anything about numbers, that's 6 plus 6 plus 6. That Bible says that that guy is going to have a bad eye and a bad arm. So when someone walks onto the world political stage and all the world is going, he's the man, he's the man, he's the man, and that guy has a bad eye and a bad arm, you're going to be ready because you're in on the mystery. 
That Bible said that there's a mystery of godliness in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. That has to do with the incarnation. No one can really understand the virgin birth and the incarnation outside of the word of God. In Revelation chapter 10 and verse 7, it talks about the mystery of God. And, you know, that's just the capsulized picture of God giving us the whole book of Revelation and explaining to us what we could expect in the immediate future. So there's the fellowship of mystery. Then in Philippians chapter 3, you should be in Ephesians, so just one book back. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, Paul said this, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Oh, man, I mean, there's, there's suffering? The fellowship of suffering? I mean, did it ever occur to you? It did to me while I was preparing this that God has a far greater longing to fellowship with us than we do with him. God wants to fellowship with us. Sometimes we're quite satisfied to just send him a religious hallmark. Good to talk to you, Dad. Call you next year. And the Lord knows, being constructed of the clay that we are, that sometimes the only thing that will drive us in his direction is suffering. Suffering. The fellowship of his suffering. In that, we frequently find this intensified fellowship that we'd find no other way. You know, people say, well, I just don't deserve this. You know, a guy said to me one time, he goes, after I got saved, I just went through some really hard times. I don't understand it. I don't know why the Lord would allow us to do that. And I said, well, let me, let me ask you this. Is it Joseph? You remember Joseph? Joseph told his brothers about a dream that, that God gave him, and, went, and then he was sold into slavery and then found himself in a prison situation where he languished for quite a while. And what do you think about that? What about Daniel? You know, Daniel was faithful to God and got thrown into the lion's den. And three Hebrew children got thrown into a furnace of fire. Well, what about Paul? Paul was the greatest missionary the world has ever known. And, and he got stoned and shipwrecked, shipwrecked and beaten and, and everything else you can think of. What do you think about that? He just kind of scratched his head and said, oh, okay. But, but do you know what Paul did? In all that he endured, he said, I'm learning. I just want to fellowship with the Father even more. I want to get closer to him. I want to have this intensified relationship with him. And then finally, the fellowship of common interest. Do you know what God is interested in? The more you get interested in what he's interested in, the more you'll have fellowship with him. Now, God is interested in souls. He says that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, doesn't he? He's interested in souls coming to Jesus Christ. The more your interest peaks that direction, the more you're going to have fellowship with the Father. You know how that's going to happen? Well, you're going to encounter someone that you're going to develop a burden for, for their soul, and, and, and you're going to start to pray for them. You'll say, Lord, will you save that fellow right there? Would you do something in that lady's life to bring her to Christ? And God is very tuned into those kind of prayers. You're going to find this fellowship there. The Lord likes to fellowship around his word because this is his word. It's his book. You know, the Lord is interested in his people. The Lord's interested in his church. You know, the more you get interested in what the Lord is interested in, the more there's a basis for fellowship. And that's true in human relationships also. You know, some of the best times I've had with my dad were going fishing. 
you know, I remember when I was in school and this is not an endorsement to do this kind of thing, but, but, or an encouragement to do that kind of thing. But my dad would, would, would pull me out of school. He would, he would let me skip class and we would go fishing. And I remember one time we went fishing off a boat out of uh, Sheepshead Bay in Brooklyn. And I think I was only about 11 years old and I came in second on catching the pool fish on the boat. I mean, wow, you talk about excitement. I'm 11 years old and I pulled out this monster fish and, you know, my dad was so happy and he was thrilled that, that we were sharing that moment. We were having fellowship together and I, and I loved it. I had a great time. You know, I, I remember those days, those nights rather of going crabbing with my dad and his friend Jay and, you know, my dad loved that stuff and I loved to do it with him because I loved being a part of it. I loved having that time of fellowship with him. And I remember coming home with these huge 32-gallon buckets full of crab and my mom getting angry with him and saying, where do you think you're washing those? And, of course, we ended up washing those things in the mom's kitchen sink, which made it even better, you know. But, but I remember that. It was, it was fellowship. We had so much fun. And I look back on those memories, and, and I'll tell you honestly, I wish that I could have one more time of it. I really do. You know, I was interested in what my father was interested in. You get interested in what the father's interested in, and you're going to learn that there's mutual benefit, not only for him, but for you. You're going to benefit from his interest. You get interested in souls, there's eternal rewards for that. You get interested in his word, there's revelations in that that you never thought existed. You get interested in his people. And we know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. You'll get assurance. There are benefits in being interested in what the Father is interested in. There are benefits. And folks, that will uh, bring us to the end of today's podcast. I want to say thank you so much to all of you who have been tuning in and been listening, especially on these special days that we do these uh, off-day podcasts. And I want to say thank you also to all the men out there who are dads and taking the time out to be leaders in their home and uh, leaders to their children, spending time and doing devotionals and spending time reading their Bibles and teaching their children in the ways and the admonition and the fear of the Lord. So I want to say thank you to all those men. I wish that I had that when I was growing up. But again, like I said, my dad didn't get saved until he was much later in life, just days before he passed. But uh, I'm sure that if we could go back in time and do those things again, I'm sure we would. And uh, so I just want to again say thank you so much. And don't forget, tomorrow uh, we will continue our, our, our normal podcasting routine. So there will be a new episode available tomorrow as well at 11 a.m. Central Time on all of our platforms. So, folks, until then and until uh, we can meet again, may God bless you, may God keep you, and uh, we will see you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day. Well, that's about it, really. 
the film ends mainly visually.